Welcome to the Beer Buzz Podcast, the podcast that brings the craft beer community together. Join us as we dive into the world of craft beer, exploring its rich history, unique flavors, and the passionate individuals who brew it. Each episode, we'll sit down with the industry experts, brewers, and beer enthusiasts to discuss the latest trends, share stories, and uncover hidden gems in the craft beer scene. Whether you're a seasoned beer connoisseur or just starting your craft beer journey, this podcast is for you. Get ready to pull up a chair, grab a cold one, and immerse yourself in the captivating world of craft beer. So tune in, and let's talk beer. What is going on, and welcome to the Beer Buzz Podcast. I am your host, Dakota. With me, as always, my co-host from the freaking north, Pete Mueller. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? So first, we got we got an icebreak with this, Pete. How bad or how good did it feel watching the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl? How did it, it, felt, it felt pretty good, actually. I'm not going to lie. I was on edge uh, the first quarter, and I was even yelling to my brother. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, the Chiefs should be playing better than this. I mean, it was a low-scoring game in the first half, man. I was like, God, oh, this doesn't look good. And then the 49ers are up. I'm just like, oh, man. I'm thinking about you, too, because I know you played some bets. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that they, they came back and uh, got that. I can't believe. First first time ever, right, for OT in, in the Super Bowl? So that's the second ever OT. Second. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So second OT. This is the first year that the overtime rules had changed. Uh, thanks in part to the Kansas City Chiefs, because I don't know if you remember when we played the Buffalo Bills in 2021, I think, um, it, the rules were if you scored on your first drive, the first team to, like the first like team that possessed the ball, if they scored on their first drive, then the game was over. That every that you know they won the game. Those rules have since changed. Both teams possess the ball in OT, and then. If both teams win or if both teams score, then the next score wins. Um, so that was the first time that the the rules have definitely um, uh, changed, and it changed the changed the outcome of the game because of uh, the San Francisco 49ers have gone on to say that they did not know the overtime rules. So um, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, love seeing it going back to back. Now you got to start thinking. You know, wait, are you go? saying that the 49ers did not know? No, they did. So what they said was they they didn't understand the rules going into overtime. They thought it was the same. Whoever possesses the ball first, whoever scores first, game's over. That's what they had thought. So um, that's that been a bit. Suck. Yeah, it's been a big controversy in, in the news, and obviously, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, I feel bad for him. I do. You know, it sucks if you if you don't know the rules going into something, and then it just, you know, you don't, you end up being on the wrong side of it. You know, you kind of feel for him. You know. Yeah, yeah, that would suck. I, I can't believe that. Uh, so when they, so you're telling me when they when they kicked that field goal, they thought the game was over. Well, they knew that if they got a stop, yeah, that, that that they thought that the game would be over. So they thought, yeah, the, the three points, if their three points like stuck it out, and they got you know, if, and they kicked the field goal, then they they thought that they yeah they were going to essentially win the game. So. You know, unfortunately, it worked out in, in Kansas City's favor, and uh, you know, we uh, we're back to back champs. But uh, yeah, it was good to see, not yeah. too bad. And Taylor Taylor Swift got to you know got some more airtime. And as Pete said in the last podcast, he thought she was going to make a special appearance during the uh, during the Usher halftime show. She in fact did not. But uh, 
who's to say she won't host uh, host the Super Bowl halftime show next year? Yeah, yeah, they definitely uh, showed her on the camera several times. <laughs> if you her, had, did you did you see her chugging that beer? Yeah, I thought it was a it was a class move. Like if if you're if you're gonna be at a Super Bowl and you get shown on the jumbotron, you got to chug a chug a beverage. I think. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I thought it was it was a, it was a good move. That was a Jason Kelsey move too. Jason Jason's been a big drinker and uh, yeah, he, he was, was pretty up. reserved, man. He was pretty quiet. <clears throat> Saw him a few times up there. He was just kind of chilling. He wasn't going as crazy like Taylor he was, was. But he he was reserved until uh, the the uh, the Super Bowl post game show. Oh, yeah, he took party. his shirt off and jumped he, out. He didn't take a sh- he didn't take a shirt off. He wore a uh, like a Nacho Libre mask. Like he was uh, <laughs> he was the mask giant. So that was fun. But uh, Pete. As we transition out of the out of the Super Bowl, what do you got in your glass, my guy? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Hoosier Brewery tonight. Uh, they're from Greenwood, Indiana. They're right outside of Indianapolis. I actually got to visit their brewery back in October when I was at the 450 North Corn Maze Beer Festival uh, with my beer buddies on TikTok. This one's called a Fruit Fusion, called the Serpent. It's a green apple uh, fruited sour with uh, green apple, caramel, and uh, soft serve ice cream. It actually tastes like a... Uh, Granny Smith, or it tastes like a those green apple pops, those green caramel green caramel pops. You know what I'm talking about? You get them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It tastes identical. I mean, beautiful color. And the, bright, and the color, bright yeah. green. I mean, it yeah, tastes the, just like a, a, a green apple pop sour. You know those candy pops. It's delicious. The color is outrageous, and that that's what I think is uh, kind of fascinating when it comes to sours. Like you know when you crack, crack into an IPA. It'll be hazy. It'll kind of have like a tannish texture or a tannish like look to it. Sours, man. Like you could get like, it could be tan. It could be purple. It could be, you know, fucking you name it. It could be whatever it wants to be. But yeah, that's a, that's a, almost like a lime green color almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I tell you, that's why, you know, sometimes I just get sick of drinking IPAs because honestly, once you've had like some really good IPAs, hazy IPAs, they all kind of mesh together a little bit. They all kind of taste very similar. With sours, you're always trying something different. There's so many fucking sours out there. Kind of switch it up, you know? Dude, and the flavor combinations that people are, are releasing with some of these sours are, like, I look at some of the cans, can art cool, and then you go to read the label on what the hell is actually in this beer, and you're like, how are you putting graham cracker? How are you putting marshmallow fluff? How are you putting, you know, fucking boysenberry? Like, it's just like, and then you pour it out, and you're like, damn, you know? It tastes exactly yeah. exactly how they're how they're explaining it. Yeah, how do they put graham cracker and all that other crazy stuff? I mean, they're not these breweries are using fruit puree. That's what makes uh, that's what makes these beers so damn expensive. You know, twenty five to thirty dollars a four pack. That's because they it, fruit is expensive. First of all, it's, it's very expensive, and yeah. they come they bring out. I mean, they buy gallons and gallons or barrels of fruit puree. I mean, four fifty north. That's what they do. That's why their prices are outrageous. Uh, and those crazy flavors. I mean, but how do they do the graham cracker? How? I mean, how do they? How do they? How do they create so, that flavor? You know, and and like in, in talking on a culinary standpoint, I can only like assume that they're using some sort of extract because like if sure. you're if you're thinking it from the outside looking in, maybe the the average person would be like, are they crushing fucking graham crackers? Are graham crackers <laughs> swimming around in the fucking fermenter? Like yeah, that's right. what my initial thought was like, yeah, they're using fucking, you know, boxes of graham crackers at the yeah. grocery store. And then I'm like, okay, maybe there's like a graham cracker extract. Like who, like who had, like, 
I don't know. Maybe. That's what, that's yeah, what I'm thinking. Right? It's got to be. They're not crushing graham cracker. I mean, that goes with marshmallow too, right? They're not taking bags of, of uh, you know, m- you know, marshmallow bags and, and <laughs> putting in marshmallow, right? I mean, it's a, probably a marshmallow extract, right? It's got to be. It has to be. has to be. And then you got to, like, in order to make marshmallows, you got corn syrup and, like, you know, sugar and, like... I can only know, imagine the mess. I'm not a brewer, but I can only imagine putting, like, marshmallow into the tank and then having, I mean, could you imagine cleaning that, cleaning that tank got, after that? That's a, a sticky situation for sure, man. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, you know, brewing is easy by any means, but like cleaning those tanks, you got to be super, super clean. Like everything in the brewing process has to be super sanitized. Yeah. You got to think you're flipping these, you're flipping these tanks, you know, every 21 days. So like, if you're brewing with fucking marshmallow fluff, like that's just got to be outrageous yeah. to clean. Like I don't I yeah. I don't I don't envy the guys cleaning those fucking tanks. No. <laughs> yeah, right. But, and that's uh, like that's pretty much the main job too in creating beer is is sanitizing, cleaning. That's like the biggest that's like right? It's like the number one thing. Yeah. That's like it's Yeah, go yeah, ahead. You gotta, yeah, you gotta think cleaning, like yeah, brewing probably takes around give or take plus or minus like three hours. And then the rest of the time you're just fucking cleaning shit. Whether it be a yeah. cleaning a keg or cleaning a fermenter or even cleaning out, you know, if you had just brewed a beer, extracted it into the, the, uh, the kettle, you clean the mash tun, you know, you clean the auger in which you use to, 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 you know, uh, grind your grain. Like everything has to be cleaned once over every, every day. And, um, you know, it's a fun process, but damn, you know, trying to make yeah. a sour beer. I think, I think, I honestly think, and maybe once we get a brewer on here and I know we're very, very close, I've talked to a lot of them. We're trying, we're trying to get them on the, uh, the upcoming podcast, but I would love to know like what the cleaning procedures are between cleaning like a sour beer or even like a kettle sour and then going into like a, maybe a lager, a Hefeweizen or even like, like a, like a very single hopped IPA. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think, do you think the cleaning procedures change based off of what, what beer goes in it? Um, because, you know, I don't know. Curious. I mean, I'm assuming I'm curious. Um, but yeah, you, you just, you just described, um, smoothie style sours. You, you mentioned 450 North. You mentioned Hoosier, um, and about the amount of fruit puree that goes into those beers. Um, you've had a, I would say, a, a very vast amount of smoothie style sour beers. What would you describe the texture? What would you, what would you describe the clarity when you pour it yeah. out? What would, how would you describe like a smoothie style beer? Yeah, I mean, the clarity. A, I mean, it's the color is going to be thicker. It's going to be creamier. I mean. It's, it's, it's literally like you're at home and you're, you want to make a smoothie and you, you're putting ingredients in your blender and you're blending it up to a fine, to, to, you know, how thick you want it. If you want it light, you know, you're adding more water or whatever the case is. But I mean, a smoothie, smoothie type sour is going to come off thick pretty much all the time. Um, and, you know, 450 North has mastered those, those smoothie style sours or, they're super thick and you've had plenty of those, right? I mean, yeah. Same with, well, you haven't had Hoosier. Have you had any Hoosier yet? Did you I've pick had, up a couple yeah. cans? I've, I've had two Hoosiers. I've had six 450s. You know, I've had, I mean, I've if, had a decent share. I know we're not, you know, the whole video is not on Instagram guys, but I mean, if you were to see this right now, look, just look at the pulp around the glass. Just so thick. I mean, this is a that thick a- beer. I was about to talk about that too. So when you pour out an IPA, you can tell like it's got the frothy, it's got the very creamy looking head. When you pour out a smoothie style sour or even like a kettle sour, the head almost becomes like 
like the sediment and the pulp, it starts to rise to the top. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm not exactly sure why the some of those sours that you pour in. I mean, I don't. know. You've probably come across this where you pour that beer out and that shit, that head just keeps bubbling up. Sometimes bubbles over. It like curdles on top. I mean, what's the curdling process? I, or what's why is it curdling on top? Why is it like raising, raising, rising? You know, to uh, I don't know. So, sometimes you look at it and you're like, ah, shit. Does that look? That doesn't look right to drink, but. So I you think know? it's almost like a chemical reaction, and I could be wrong, and I, I, this might be a question for, for people who can and brew beers like this on the regular. <clears throat> Excuse me. But is it is it a chemical reaction between, you know, the fruit puree, the amount of lactose or non-lactose or even lactic acid that is involved in the brewing process? And then when you can it, you're putting – it's pressurized, right? So you're, you're basically canning under a pressurized system, and if you're if you're, you know, canning – Right, like I've I've canned you know vegetables before, I've canned fruits before. Is it that pressure that causes that once you pour it out, the expression mm-hmm. of gas, that CO two that's trapped, is that what causes the kind of like burp or bubble up? You know, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully that's a question we'll definitely get answered when we get somebody on here. Um, I mean, who 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 have you talked to? Is there anybody in particular for? Are you, are you looking at to talk to somebody about sour beers? Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got a couple of people. So Toppling Goliath is uh as has expressed interest in jumping on the podcast, um, and I'm, we're trying to schedule them for the next uh, probably at least two weeks out. Um, so that might be a question because they they brew a lot of decent, I would say, really good kettle sours. Would you agree? Oh yeah, dude, T- Toppling Goliath, fantastic brewery. Kettle sours are fantastic. Have you had the uh, Dragon Dragon Fandango? Yeah, Dragon Fandango. I had the, uh, I think they made like a cherry upside or cherry cherry pie or something like that. But I, even into the IPA realm, uh, the pseudo Sioux, the Sioux class, um, when they were brewing that, like that, that's you know those are those are really good IPAs. If you're not experienced in the IPA game, and that's one of the first one of the first IPAs you have, you can't go wrong. No, you cannot go wrong. Top and Goliath, definitely. Uh, yeah, they're in my top uh, uh, top ten. Yeah, Fantastic that's a brewery. Brewers. That's a that's a brewery out of Decorah, Iowa. So, uh, still in the Midwest. Um, but yeah, that 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 bubble over. You know, if you're doing a TikTok or you're doing a review, and the first thing you're cracking is that can, and then you pour it out, and all of a sudden that head rises to the top. You know, it could <laughs> it could ruin a review for a second because you got to start worrying about it spilling down the glass and whatnot. Uh, definitely not something that we're expecting. You know, when we we bust open a uh, a smoothie style sour, uh, would you put nine oh three? Um, with that as well, or is that more like a Berliner Berliner style vice? I don't know. Do you uh, you have a can? I was actually when I was at the store today, I was trying to find a nine hundred three. I was trying to find that nine hundred three. You got that that blueberry? What is that Dude, blueberry pie? Have you had it yet? Or I did the blueberry donut. Yeah. Here's my thing, and I'm not I'm not very judgy when it comes to these beers because again, you buy it, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. You can tell by what, what the can looks like and you can tell by what's what's described on the can, but like once you pour it out and you taste it, like you have this like preconceived notion. Like like this one is the beer I'm drinking is by Drecker. On the can it says raspberry, orange, apricot, guava, lemon, lime, pineapple, and sour patch kids. Like holy shit. Like <laughs> like that's a lot that's a lot of flavors in one, you know, sixteen ounce can. Oh, um so so, go, so so going into it, so going into it, I'm like, okay, this is gonna taste like a sour patch kid. And it does, it, doesn't it? Does, it? It, it, yeah. it does, but it's but everything is mellow. Everything is not every, not one thing takes over the other, which again is like the perfect storm. Like you don't mm-hmm. want 
for me, I don't like guava and beer. So like if I poured this out and all I tasted was guava, then that's kind of ruined like it's going to ruin the complexity of what the beer was supposed to be. Supposed to taste like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I've had that beer, the one that uh, Sour Patch Kids. I had that last year. It was a really fucking good beer. I, I would, I would, I would definitely recommend going and getting that blueberry donut if you can find it and trying it for yourself. Because I, I was okay with it. It tasted like a very, very old, like an old fashioned with like blueberry <laughs> like extract. You know what I'm talking? An you know what I'm talking fashion. about? Like, yeah, yeah. old-fashioned. No, 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 old-fashioned donut. Sorry, old-fashioned old donut. Old-fashioned donut. I'm like, old-fashioned. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, you try the old-fashioned donut, and then, like, you know, it's kind of like, it doesn't really, really, it's not really powerful. It doesn't hit you in the face. And then you got the blueberry extract or the blueberry puree. It's kind of like the blueberry undertone. So it wasn't like, like, hitting you in the face blueberry. And yeah, so what did they like, ca- do you remember what they categorized that beer? Was was that a Blender Vice or? That's what it said. But when That's I poured it, it out, when I poured it out, it was... It was kind of that wasn't super thick. It was kind of like the, the I would say the clarity of this. Mm-hmm. So you know when I think Berliner style vice, this is exactly kind of what I think. You know when I think a smoothie style sour, I expect it to be just as thick, if not thicker, than a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about Berliner style vices. This is considered a the champagne of the north. When I think of north, I'm thinking like fucking. Michigan, I'm thinking Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota. I'm not too sure what they mean, the, the champagne of the North. But what makes a Berliner style vice is the the um, the bacteria in which is produced when making this beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people usually think Berliner style vice, the parallel would be like a goza. Gozas are a malted wheat beverage with coriander and salt. So if you have a if you have a goza or even like a kettle sour, it's going to taste salty in a way. And I know I know Pete's mentioned a lot on this podcast, when it comes to sours, is that salty note. I When I've tried these, I haven't really tasted the salt to it. Maybe that's because I'm a, I'm a chef and I add salt to just about anything. Um, but can you talk about like what you kind of experienced in that salty note? Like, is it like right out of the gate? Is it like an aftertaste? It's just a little aftertaste, man. I'm trying to go back to thinking about like the last time I had a Goza. I think it was actually by Phase Three. Mm. Um, yeah, Phase Three. They made a fruited. They made it a fruited Goza. Um, man, I wish. And you didn't. You didn't see any Phase Threes when you were here in Wisconsin. You were looking. I know you were looking for some of those Phase Three beers. I saw a couple. Actually, I got one Phase Three beer, and it was an IPA. Yeah, if I can find that fruited goza, it's got a couple of frogs on it. I reviewed one, man, and I was just like, fruited goza? What the hell is that all about? Because, you know, I'm thinking gozas are salty. Uh, poured it up. It was pretty thick, man. And did I taste any salt? Ah, very. The aftertaste on the back end. Back end, you know? It wasn't, like, off peeling. It was it was pretty pleasant. It, you know, coriander. I honestly couldn't even tell you what coriander tastes like, but um, so but. like coriander. So like coriander, in a way, like, and, and I've only I'm only going to describe the based off of like using it in the chef world. It's like it can be very overpowering, it, and it's in a in a way, it's like part of like nutmeg, um, mm, okay. even like white pepper. Like a little bit goes a long way. So like mm. when I think of like coriander in a beer, I think of like like almost like a wit beer where, where it's brewed with coriander. You know what I'm saying? Like usually when you think mm-hmm. of like a Belgian Belgian style wit, you think of coriander. You think of that like maybe allspice or even like clove. Sure. Yeah. Not, not in a Berlin, not in like a Goza. That kind of, that kind of threw me off a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, you know, I've had a lot of gozes, and a couple creators on TikTok have sent me some gozes and saying that they, they don't like the gozes because there's saltiness, but I have yet to have a beer that's been too off-putting because of the salt that they put in the goza. So I'm still still want to try gozas. I have nothing against that style of beer. Um, definitely different. If you get a traditional goza, it's more of a, like a, a it's not a thick, it's not a smoothie or a, even a Berliner. It's a, yeah, like a light, light bodied sour, you know, like kind of traditional. Um, and I've never had any issues with them, but the salt, salt part of it, I've never, never had a goza where I'm like, damn, this is a salty beer. I can't drink this. I've never had that experience. No, and I'm like like I said before, like I don't think I've ever really had a beer where I'm like this tastes salty. But like I've I've had food where I'm like, God damn, like they were a little heavy handed on salt, but like you don't think like salt when it comes to beer, right? No. No. If anything, it's it's if if you're tasting it, maybe you have a little more complex, you know, flavor profiles than the most most beer drinkers, you know? Yeah. Um I've heard no, people I'm... uh I've heard people putting um pickled salt. In beer, you ever heard pickled salt? It literally it comes in a little comes in a little container, like a, actually a little bottle, and people they dump it in their lager or their whatever to just increase a little bit more flavor. So it's going to be salty. I mean, it's a pickled salt, so it's going to taste pickly, but with some salt in it. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I know uh, one creator on TikTok that swears by that shit. He he fucking loves adding that to his lagers. All right, let's let's pivot real quick because I have to ask because I've seen it and I saw it in Wisconsin and I I didn't want to say anything about it. What the fuck's the deal with pickle beer? What's the deal with pickle beer? You saw a lot in Wisconsin. I saw like three or four different hop shops or like stores that offered like two or three like different beers that were just like pickle flavored beers, like pickle beer. That's literally yeah, that's what a, it was called. I mean, it's a good question. I, I don't really know because pickles are not like, it's not a staple here. It's not like something big in Wisconsin. I mean, people do love their pickles out here, but yeah, I, I, I have noticed that, man. I mean, I was at Total Wine the other day and, you know, I was just browsing and yeah, I saw like half a dozen of pickle, pickle beers on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. But have I've you had, had one? Have you had any? Yeah, I just reviewed a, a Urban Artifact, a, a pickle beer that tasted literally like a dill pickle. I mean, it was on spot, man. I mean, it was literally like if you took opened up a jar of uh, pickles, dill pickles, and you poured the juice into a, a shot glass, you took a you know took a shot of it. That's literally what that beer tasted like. What was the ABV? Was it? It had to be low. Four and a half percent. Why would why would like like don't get me wrong I think pickles are great I, I'm I'm like I like I like pickles on just about anything but like what what's the infatuation do you think of mixing pickles with beer? I mean because they're doing everything these days, man. You know that they're they're they're, they're doing everything every you know any kind of food they're they're trying to you know constantly create something new. I mean breweries are yeah they're doing it all, man. I I, I I'm not a fan of pickle beers. I. Tried it again. I was really hoping Urban Artifact, great brewery out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to them. You know, they've made some fantastic sours, fantastic sours. And that one was a very, that was a big disappointment. And I know Joe, who we're going to have on the show soon here, he reviewed it, loved it. I think a guy, I think that guy gave it like a nine out of 10 or something. I reviewed it. I gave it like a, 
I, I think I was being nice. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten because it was it was tolerable. It was tolerable. I could drink it. Did I like it? Not really. Would I buy it again? Definitely not. That doesn't seem like something that I can see myself, you know, pulling up a chair and fucking drinking drink a beer, drinking a yeah. drinking a pickle beer. No, no, you're not gonna love it, dude. I just yeah, I I just I th- I thought I should ask because I was like maybe am I fucking missing something because I haven't seen much in St. Louis of pickle beer maybe one or two because maybe it's like a fad I don't know but like what the fuck is infatuation with pickle and beer like don't don't mix the two they're fine yeah. on their own I agree oh I'm sure some brewery in St. Louis is gonna you know hop on that trend <laughs> maybe uh, four hands or shit why not modern brewery maybe, I could see them doing it. I was just about to talk about them. So one of the sours that is one of my favorites, and we just mentioned a brewery that does this beer, I think, really, really well, are kettle sours. And when a, when a kettle sour is brewed, it has to be brewed in a kettle, right? Um, it gets and goes in the fermenter, and it goes into a kettle, and it ferments in the kettle, um, which gives it the kettle sour name. Most notably, I think Toppling Goliath is killing the game on kettle sours, like you mentioned, the... Uh, the Fandango or Fandango, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's a beer here in St. Louis made by Modern Brewery called Disco Punch, um, and that is a kettle sour. They've been brewing that beer for fuck, probably at least seven years. I think that might be might be a fucking lie, might be a stretch, but I think it's a bit, it's about that. At each time that beer is brewed, it's brewed a little bit different, not differently. It's brewed the same way, but it tastes a little bit different, right? They're using yeah. the same fruit purees. You know, mm-hmm. using the same style yeast, but that's the cool thing about I feel like these beers is if you do get a second batch or a third batch or a fourth batch, a fourth batch, that might that batch that you had first might not taste like the fourth, which I think mm-hmm. is great because all fruits not created equal. You know, there might be some fruit puree that's a little bit tarter than or more tart, yeah, more tart than than others. Um, and you can taste that in the beer. And I, and I think that's the coolest part is like these, these beers stand alone outside of your fucking lagers, Pilsners, Hefeweizens, you know, your wheat ales, your fucking brown ales, porters, stouts, IPAs, West Coast, New England style, you know, you name it. These beers stand alone, which is why we designated just an episode two sours, because you can't compare a sour to a fucking IPA. You can't. It's like comparing apples to oranges, you know? Yeah. They each have their own, you know, realm inside the craft beer community. I love them. Pete turned me on to them, you know, two and a half years ago. Because uh, if it wasn't for Pete, I probably would have just stayed away. I was, I would just wouldn't have known. Um, and now, you know, we can talk about the IPAs next week. Uh, our guest next week, barring anything crazy happening throughout our week this week, uh, is Joe. Uh, Michigan beer drinker on TikTok. If you haven't, uh, you know, explored our TikToks yet, I really haven't posted a lot in a while. Go visit Pete's Craft Beer Pete. And then you got Michigan beer drinker. Um, I think he's supposed to do a giveaway once he gets to what, 30,000 followers? I think yeah, that, th- that was- yeah, that's that's right. 30,000 followers. Yeah, he's getting close. So we'll do a shameless plug. Yeah. So Michigan beer drinker is going to be on the podcast this week. No, sorry. I misspoke. Next week. Uh, so next Wednesday, we'll be releasing a podcast with him. Um, and I think we're going to dive into to the IPA game. Is that correct, Pete? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about uh, New, New England versus uh, West Coast IPAs. Which I think is a huge topic. Because people, when, I think, when, I, when they grab a beer, they see 
West Coast? Do they actually know what West Coast is? Do they know what New England style IPAs are? Do, are they just like just grabbing it and drinking it? And if you're a novice, hopefully you be you're you're well informed next week. If you're not, then maybe you learn something new. Uh, but you know, having Joe on here who loves IPAs and Pete who obviously loves IPAs or just loves beer in general um, to talk and kind of discuss the, you know, the differences and maybe even some of the similarities that some of the beers, you know, West coast and new England style IPAs kind of bring to the table, but uh, should be a fun one. I'm excited to talk to Joe and, you know, start getting some podcast guests on this, on this damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Looking forward to it. But uh, that was, uh, that was our kettle sour half hour um, or not kettle sour sour half hour. Um, join us every week, every Wednesday, we're dropping a new podcast. Uh, we are still, you know, trying to find sponsorships, um, preferably beer related. If you got any, drop them in the DMS, but, uh, you know, you can find us on all of our social medias, uh, the beer bus podcast on Instagram. If you want to hit us up on a, on a, on an email and kind of tell us something that we should review or kind of do kind of something we should uh, talk about on the podcast, um, hit us up on, on Gmail. That's uh, in our link tree on our Instagram and our Facebook. Um, if you want to find our socials, that's also on the link tree, Craft Beer Pete underscore on on uh, Instagram, Craft Beer Pete on TikTok. Um, and then at Decold12, if you want to follow my socials, I am Bruce at SDL on TikTok. But uh, Pete, it was a fun time talking to you today, and uh, I'm pretty pretty pumped about next week, about you and uh, you and Joe jumping into the IPA game, man. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Cheers.